So half of the seed capital we got from my sister, we bought off the SMSs. Well, it was a good run. We used the SMSs for a while, but tragically, the one who sold us the SMSs passed away. And honestly, I was just crushed because we did not know what to do. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risks, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by the Valuation Masterclass Online, the complete proven step-by-step -step online course to guide you from novice to valuation expert. Podcast listeners can claim your amazing 35% discount by going to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Samuel Kamugisha. Samuel, are you yes. ready to rock? Oh, yes. Ready to rock. I know you are because we've been having a good conversation getting started. So let me tell the audience a bit about you. Samuel is a brand and growth strategist hailing from Uganda in East Africa, but has been in Malaysia for the past five years where he completed his master's degree. He is skilled in marketing, creative strategy, brand development, and project management. And Samuel has over 11 years of work experience in both Africa and Asia. We're going to learn a little bit about that in this interview. And he currently works in the strategy department at the prestigious iProspect Malaysia Lemonade Agency, a Dentsu Aegis network company. Finally, he's also the host of the Wow Factor podcast. Samuel, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Well, someone in his free time is a, is a DJ. I know people don't think about that, but yes, I'm a DJ. And also I do host a podcast and I do talk to amazing people around the world. What a life. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Working um, in the digital and putting on the, the media work as yeah. a hobby. And, uh, you know, when I was young, there was no such thing as a DJ was a radio disc jockey, <laughs> right? And, you know, where I grew up, for instance, it was WMMS. And it was the BLF Bash on WMMS Friday night. And that was a DJ. But DJ... It's so different these days, spinning records, but also lots of other stuff. How would you yeah. describe your DJing? What's your style? It's a mix and match. I don't follow a specific genre. I do mix a lot of music. Mm. So whether it's hip hop, dance, or R&B, I mix it all together. Mm. I, I don't want to be controlled that a DJ should play one type of music. A DJ can play all variations of music, so long as it makes the ears mm. sound good. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's the key part. Sometimes my music doesn't sound so good to the ears of my mother, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. You can play both. Yeah. Well, it depends on what time you're playing it. Exactly, and how loud you're playing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, I'd been working for about six years in my first career. And when I left the company, I decided that probably it's time to venture into business. Looks like there's an available market. 
and and having that excitement of you want to be your own boss like yeah it's time really to get into business so me and my friend decided to set up a company and we are going to venture into it and marketing but decided let us first focus on sms that's bulk sms's sms is a short messaging service so we decided that we wanted to venture into that and we'll be doing it for different people whether it's weddings whether it's people want to do meetings wanted to to handle that so i decided to go to my sister and get a loan but the fact of getting a loan you you have to create your story make sure that it's well structured and you're showing how you're going to get the returns in the shortest possible time and you got to get her excited that hey, yes i'm gonna make some money out of my brother <laughs> Yes, that's true too. Showing that, showing that you're going to get some value for her. So I did lead up to meet up with her and I showed her the valuation of the business and she was like, fine, here's the money. Let's see how it goes. I was like, okay. And I went and met up. I met up with my business partner. I told him we have finally got the, the capital we needed to set up the, the SMS company. So what's next? We need an SMS system. I'm like, okay, fine. Who's going to do that? There's someone who we knew who had known for about about a month or two. We said, okay, fine. He's very good at, at development. Let's partner with him. So it, because that will help us to save money on hiring a developer to build the site. So we partnered with a third party and we decided to set up the SMS service. So since we had the system ready, what was the main thing which was missing? The SMSs themselves. So we looked around for a service provider would provide us the SMSs that we'll be able to send over to the people. And we found one gentleman and we're like, he gave us his red card. He's like, the red seemed very nice. We're like, fine. So half of the seed capital we got from my sister, we bought off the SMSs. Well, it was a good run. We used the SMSs for a while, but tragically, the one who sold us the SMSs passed away and Honestly, I was just crushed because we did not know what to do. His system is now offline. We have no one to consult about this. Thoughts begin going through your mind. How am I going to pay back the loan? I'm already begun a business by already making losses. What are we going to do? So really in a crisis, confused and all, I sat with my partner and we decided to discuss what are we going to do next? Because we are really, really, really confused. We've gotten the money. We've already invested half of it into the SMSs and the vendors has died. So we tried to, to contact the vendor's wife with no avail. We tried contacting his business partner and he managed to accept to, to give us a portion of the SMSs we had purchased. So we decided, fine, let's go and begin to utilize those SMSs as, as much as we can. But that didn't last long because eventually the system stopped working and that went the, our money. So the investment we had for those SMSs completely depleted. Half of it was gone. So I like, ah, we still have half of the money. What are we going to do with this? We decided to look for vendors across the world and we managed to get some in India. And they managed to also give us a little bit more expensive of the rent but it's really worth dealing with an, with an entity rather than an individual because the entity will, has going constant to, la, to live on and on whether mm. anything happens. So we, we bought off at least, 
with the remaining half of the investment, we bought off. 40% of that, we invested into more SMSs to see how that's going to go. And we put that into, into the SMSs from India. While running that for about four months or so, another crisis happens. This time it's more on the telco side. The telcos were now blocking off any SMSs from entering into the, the network because they're not originating from their own system. So we are now stuck. We've already sold some of the SMSs to clients and they're complaining that we do not, the SMSs are not being delivered. So they would complain to us, we complain to the company and the company says there's nothing much we can do. It's being blocked from within the country itself. So we're like stuck or like, what else are we going to do about this? We need to sell these SMSs as much as we can. We said, fine. Let's try approaching another entity that will be able to buy off the remaining SMSs. So we approached the bank and we pitched to them an idea that we want to provide to them an SMS service. Well, they said, well, it seems interesting. We are able to support young businesses. So come with us next week and present your, your system in detail. So I, I ran off and present this to all my partners. And we, we had some minor changes we wanted on our system. So we told our developer that we'd like these modifications to be appended onto the system so that we can be able to pitch this to the bank. So we tell him the, the changes, but he goes missing in action. We keep on calling him, phones are off. We call him over again, phones are off. The bank is calling us, when do you want to present? Nothing. So it was just really saddening that you really want to make things happen, but situations are not working in, into your favor. Mm. So I managed to just let that business die and had to find ways of paying back my sister because this was a failed venture. How did you handle talking to her about it? Already leading up to that conversation, I was giving her the progress reports of what's happening. And... I was telling her that this is not working. Even when the, the, the vendor passed away, I told her, and it was also a sudden moment for that. So the discussions were always consistent, so she was aware of what was happening. But it was really a, a disappointing venture. Did she yelled at you? And apparently she didn't. That's she good. Was quite, that was at least one of the good things, because definitely I'd be yelled at under <laughs> other circumstances if it was a different, maybe a loan shark or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So tell me, what lessons did you learn from this? Well, I believe uh, when you're going into business, it's, you don't have to do it out of excitement. And also, it ne you need to do a little bit intensive more research in the, the industry you're going into. And also, the third thing is the partnerships that you're going into. You really must know the people that you are aligning yourself with. And they should be in the same mindset like you and the same vision that you that you have otherwise you everything is going to go haywire mm. yep all right let let me summarize what i take away from it and then see what you think the first thing that i think is important is that you know uh, someone i know just filed for bankruptcy in japan Whoa. and it's very painful for him and all that but as i said to him in most countries, business failure is not a crime. 
business failure is just business failure. Now, of course, if you've lied, cheated, and stealed, then now you've done fraud or something like that. But the key thing is that anybody investing in a startup company should know, and if they don't know, that's their problem in that sense, that this is a high-risk venture. So the most important thing is when things are going bad, that you communicate those things. It's easy to communicate when things are going well. So, you know, you remind me of that and you did that with your sister. Now, the other thing that I would say that's important in business, and I'll just mention in my own company, in my coffee factory, which we started in 1995 and started sales in 1996. And then in 1997, there was an Asian crisis. In the epicenter was Bangkok, Thailand, where we set up the business. And we didn't know much about all the economics and all of that that was happening. And what we learned is that the world doesn't care. It's about timing sometimes, and sometimes it's about luck, good or bad. And so it does play a role, a pretty significant role. And then the last thing that you remind me of is the idea that, you know, if we listen to podcasts, we read books and stuff, we talk about, people talk about hacks, how to do something better, faster, cheaper, or whatever. And one thing I've learned in my life is that trust can only be built over time. There is no hack for building trust. And here, you know, you had a relationship, you did business with the person, you know, what else are you gonna do? But that trust, you know, it fell apart. And so I just always remember that, you know, trust builds with time. Anything you'd add to that? Yes, especially on the aspect of trust. I think there should be a stricter way of analyzing partners. Because even when I've been talking to various other entrepreneurs, that has always been my question for them. How do you find partners? So I believe the standard for getting the partners should take time. There should be more ongoing discussions. You should understand their mindset about money, understand their mindset from other, and even consult other people about them and how they have worked with them. What is their mindset around that? So the money aspect, yes, the capital should be gotten from better sources, especially in the start stage of a business. You can't get from a bank directly. You need, of course, good funding from family or friends who will be a little bit as lenient with you than a bank. And then for the partnerships, stricter standard. Mm. And you really have to do your groundwork. You just can't jump into the business because it feels good and you're feeling excited. Yep, yep. And I would reinforce that about partnerships. You know, I have two businesses that I own and my business partners, you know, we've been working, we've known each other between 20 and 35 years. And actually this morning I was on the phone with a business partner of a failed business many years ago. We, we did our best with what we had, but we started that business, you know, 20 some years ago and then we closed it you know, maybe, yeah, about 20 years ago. And he's a great friend of mine. And we just, you know, had a great conversation today. And you realize, you know, business partnerships, good business partnerships are long-term trusting relationships. And if you can get those, you know, you, you really do stand a chance of holding it all together and creating the value at the end of that. So it's a good reminder for me. True, true. All right. True. So based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? 
One action, do your groundwork. You have to do an intensive groundwork because from the knowledge you're going to get from your groundwork, that, that study, because that study is going to even encompass the studying of how to make partnerships. So it's very important to do your study on the type of business you're going to do, an intensive study of, on how the market is. Do they really need your product? Are you building a product that you think they need or are you solving an actual problem? Because some of the solutions that we are creating are not necessarily solutions. They are just things that we have seen. Oh, there's an Amazon in America. I think we should do an Amazon in Uganda. But if you look at Uganda's internet penetration, is it going to support that kind of idea? I highly doubt. Mm. And the payment systems, is your idea going to work? Are they using the same? Like the US, US is using Visa and MasterCard. What is Uganda using? They're using mobile money. So the study is the most important thing that I really encourage any entrepreneur. That's a great point. And over you know, hundreds of interviews and written stories that have been submitted to me, I've looked at the top six most common mistake and the absolute number one most common mistake is failed to do their own research. And you've highlighted it right there. True. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Number one goal, I want to see if I can add a revenue model for my podcast. Because right now it's my most focused entity that I'm I'm putting most of my energy on my podcast. So I want to Mm. see if I can build a revenue model around it. That's my main goal for the next 12 months. Fantastic. Well, we'll look forward to checking in 12 months from now and hearing about your exciting revenue. (laughs) Awesome. I hope hope I'll be a millionaire by then. Exactly. All right. Listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit my worst investment ever.com. As we end, Samuel, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. And I want to congratulate you for being one of the brave ones who has turned your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Wow, wow, wow. Parting words? I remember a word from one of the quotes from Kwame Nkrumah, the late president of Ghana. He says, we look neither east nor west, but we look forward. So I encourage you to look forward to your plans. Yes, you've had losses and you've had failures. It's good you've learned from them. And that's the cost that you've paid for them. The loss is just an investment into knowledge. Fantastic. Well, we're going to catch you on the Wow Factor podcast. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you. you. Yeah, on the upside.